take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. And welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couples Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the topic of codependency. Yes. Codependency is a very uh, trendy buzzword, would you say? I would. And I think we should define it. That is going to be very difficult because the psychology field can't even define it directly. There are so many different definitions. And in fact, Codependence Anonymous, they say we are not going to define it. And we are not going to give out symptoms of codependency just because there's just so much that is involved in this term. Well, just because we can term something doesn't make it a pathology. It is a natural part of being alive as human beings to be codependent. But it does have the connotation of being a pathology. Well, that's why we're talking about it. Right. So it's actually on a continuum. And on the continuum, it can be pathological. You know, I would think that's why, you know, the anonymous people, whatever, Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever, they don't want to define it because they actually use the same process to help people, to help people want to not drink because they care about what the group thinks about them. So they use it as a tool to actually help people to a certain degree. Well, that power of groupthink is Mm -hmm. very, very strong and can be used to influence people in a positive way. It can be used to influence people in a negative way. So codependency. Codependency, it, it evolved from the addiction and chemical dependency arena. Mm-hmm. And it has had a lot of connotation of negativity, and rightly so. You know, codependence, typically there's a correlation having come from a very dysfunctional family that has very poor boundaries. Yes. So codependency is when you have to make sure the environment is safe enough to express who you are. And so if you're walking into a home that has an addict or a family member who's sick or uh, a caregiver who is in the really helping professions like a nurse or something like that where they overcare for kids, that's where codependency sort of develops where you think, okay, what's the environment like first? And then how do I squeeze into that to get my needs met? 
And so when the environment doesn't support any time that a person's needs get met, they become uh, very susceptible to being in relationships where they can be controlled. And there are definite signs Mm -hmm. that would show and demonstrate that you are in a codependent relationship. And I think that really the majority of literature out there, the majority of articles and books that are written on this topic, they really focus on that. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, the signs that are going on within you that would give you the indication that you are in a codependent relationship? So the focus really isn't on the other person that you are in a relationship with. It's how are you reacting? How are you acting in the relationship? And what are those signs that's going to give you an indication that you're going the wrong direction here? If you grew up in an environment where it was never your turn, it would be really hard for you to self-reflect and even know if you were acting in a way that was codependent in a, in a bad way because you're so focused on out there and making sure out there is okay. Because the only time you feel okay is when everything out there is okay. Right. So one of the things, one of the signs would be that if you are anticipating your partner's needs, even before they ask, Mm -hmm. and then overgiving. Mm -hmm. And in that way, it's almost like you are taking more responsibility for your partner than yourself. And more responsibility for your partner than your partner's taking for themselves. Correct. Right. And so it's just completely unequal there Mm -hmm. and unbalanced. People do that because they're trying to create a space where they feel needed. And so, you know, they want to feed you or they want to make sure you're comfortable or they want to make sure the other person's needs are met. And so they get this idea that their needs are always going to be met by me. So you need me. So codependency is much more based on need than want. And that need to be needed Mm -hmm. is huge. Right. You know, they, they want value or they find value in themselves by being needed even if it wears them out it definitely wears them out yeah emotionally mm-hmm. physically mentally spiritually and there seems to be a sense of control mm-hmm. sure that if you are taking care of this other person and their needs and in a sense over giving you are controlling the environment you are making sure that the person isn't going to leave you. Which ultimately makes the person leave you. Yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy. (laughs) Because, you know, if someone's giving you something you don't want, over time you build resentment. And if they're trying to control you, over time you're going to want to find ways that you can gain your control back and you're probably going to experience the behavior you're trying to control them not to do. Like lie to you or withhold or something. Right. So ultimately, you find yourself doing things you don't want to do to keep the person from leaving. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, you are in desperate need of that validation, attention from them Mm -hmm. and acceptance. And so you might, as you said, kind of compromise your morals and your values to be in that relationship. It's kind of interesting and confusing because you're talking about two different sides of the codependent model, so to speak. Right. So 
the person doing uncomfortable things that they don't want to be doing and putting themselves in positions, you know, maybe with other people, their partner's friends that they don't really want to be doing or things they don't want to be doing. But then there's the opposite of that, of the control person that wants the other person to be doing certain things. So they may leave a list. Like, I'm going to work. Here's your list. Make sure you get everything done. They're controlling that person's day. So they feel a sense of control. And so it's kind of both sides of it. It sounds almost opposing, Mm -hmm. but they're both either side of the codependent model. Yeah, two sides of Mm -hmm. the same coin. Right. And they complement each other. So if one person is doing things they don't want to be doing, the other person may never do anything they don't want to do and hold everyone back. And blame the other person. Use manipulative tactics Mm -hmm. to control that other person and keep them doing those things that they want. Mm -hmm. So another one is not being able to say no. And we're talking about all this manipulation and coercion. If you can't assert yourself and say no to the things that you don't want to do, then you are going to find yourself continuously trying to get the attention and validation and approval of the other person in the relationship. Yeah, one really key sign is that idea of being honest. And, you know, honest and truth are not exactly the same thing. Honesty is really sharing what's true for you. It may be an opinion for someone else, but it's true for you. I don't like vegetables. (laughs) Maybe that's a funny example, but, you know, and and maybe I want to date someone who's a vegetarian, so I'm going to sit there and eat vegetables. I don't know. Whatever. But there's a lie going on, typically. That would be like torture for you. (laughs) It would be. So there's like a lie going on, like you're not able to say no, you're not able to share really honestly what's going on inside of you because you have a belief that the environment won't, will reject you if you do, if you speak your truth. Well, that just speaks to having very low self-esteem. Correct. Right. And a belief about yourself that people will not accept you for who you are. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you guard your thoughts, you guard your feelings, and you just try to mold yourself into what the other person wants of you. Yeah, there's an idea of autonomy or lack of autonomy associated with that. Like I always have to try and figure out what the other person wants or needs. And if I can do that, then I feel valid. And if I can't do that, somehow I lose my validity and I'm, I'm a shell of a person if I'm not able to do that in codependency. Well, this kind of goes hand in hand with what you were saying. And that is that a person who is codependent doesn't trust themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't trust their feelings. They don't trust their decisions and they default them to the other partner. Yeah, a lot of times they don't even know what their feelings are. Right, they can't connect. Yeah. Yeah. They've been told their feelings aren't to be trusted. And so they have feelings. And I promise you, if you're listening to this, you have gut feelings and they actually work. We all do. Yep. It's just that someone taught you not to believe that and not to act Mm -hmm. on that. And probably taught you that conflict was a bad thing. And so you have this fear of, 
ruffling any feathers or making any waves. And so you kind of hold everything in. And the feeling that it feels like physically is like your gut feels twisted up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or like on fire. Yeah. If you're in a relationship like that, that is not supposed to be an everyday, all day long, normal feeling. That's a codependent relationship. That yeah. Twist it's, it, it up. It's not supposed to feel that way. Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. And probably if you're listening to this, you, you know what we're talking about. Because ultimately, people in relationships like this, they are seeking to please their partner before themselves. And that's what we're talking about here is not making yourself a priority. You know, when we're talking about, and when I use the word partner, it it should be a partnership, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's equal. Both people are, you know, they share together, you know, in a relationship. But in a codependent relationship, it's not a partnership at all. It's completely out of balance. And one person is giving more than the other and the other person is taking. And so you don't put, if you are on that giving side, you're not putting yourself as a priority. You're putting yourself as a subordinate in this relationship. It is actually a really wonderful thing to be in a relationship and be thoughtful. Considerate. Yep. The problem is, is when one person is thoughtful and the other person doesn't reciprocate that. And not only that, they actually judge the other person for their thoughtfulness. Well, it's like the carrot dangling at yep. the stick. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you don't keep them motivated, right. they're going to stop giving. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we need to clarify here the intention behind the action. Because if you're being considerate of your partner in an equal relationship, there's no strings attached to that. Right. And you don't feel forced to do it. You're doing it because you care about your your partner. You want to give givers gain type of attitude. But in a codependent relationship, the intention is different. The intention is almost manipulative in Mm -hmm. nature to please to please. I want to get their approval, Mm -hmm. you know, and that reward. If I get that reward, then everything is good. Then I am good. I'm valid. And the relationship is going to continue on in this in this way, in this cycle. Which is actually dangerous. If you seek that approval f- from outside of yourself, then you're kind of arming that other person with how they can manipulate you. And then when things go bad, because, you know, relationships are tough and you're going to step on each other's toes, that will be used as a weapon against you, your, your weakness of that. And it'll keep you stuck in that pattern of low self-esteem. So everything that we're talking about here, I mean, this is some really not good stuff here. Mm -hmm. And what can people do if you are finding yourself in a relationship like this and you feel this way, your gut is burning and telling you that this is not okay? First thing I would say is, The next time you have a feeling and try to make it something that is relatively emotionally safe, like maybe your feeling is I want to eat scrambled eggs, right? That's not going to hurt anyone if you do or don't do that. And then you act on it and you go and you eat your scrambled eggs and then you check back in and go, was that feeling the feeling of scrambled eggs? Did I really want that? And you're either going to get a yes or a no. And either way, you're going to learn something about trusting yourself again. 
you know, which apple is the best apple for me to pick or where do I want to sit when I go to the theater or like try to really uh, tap into your gut because that gut's making decisions all the time of what's best for you. It can't not. And it should be a decision that has no impact on anybody else. Right. So you can start to trust that again and rebuild that connection between what you think and what you feel because that's survival in the world. And somewhere along the way, someone told you what they think about your feelings and invalidated your feelings and got you to believe that your feelings actually weren't accurate when they are. We, we did a podcast where we interviewed Dr. DeGange and she talked about trauma and how to approach trauma. And it's kind of like this self-validation that you have to do. And she talked about going and, and seeing the sunrise and and affirming to yourself, yes, the sun is, is rising. And to do that, you know, with things that are constant so that you can continue to learn to believe in yourself and learn to trust in yourself. An interesting thing about the way our brains work is if our physical existence is in danger, we go into that place of fight, flight, flee, or people please, which is part of a, a response. You know, if someone's trying to rob you and your life is in danger, you'll be like, here, take it, take whatever you want, you know, just don't kill me. You know, you'll try to play on their sympathies, which is part of this natural cycle of codependency. And one thing that I always really encourage people to do is just to take a second and ask yourself, am I safe in this moment physically? You know, am I about to fall off a cliff, starve to death, freeze to death, something like that? If your physical being is not in imminent danger, then start to just tell yourself that you're safe. And what that does is that slows down those chemicals that are responding to there's a potential life-threatening event happening and those chemicals make your logical brain stop working. And then you can't feel your way out of it because you're all tangled up and disconnected. And so when you tell yourself you're safe and you slow that process down and then you can start to look at the emotional stuff because when you feel emotionally unsafe... It doesn't, your brain doesn't respond any differently than if you're physically unsafe. And the problem is when you're physically unsafe, there's an end and the brain goes, okay, we're good. When it's emotional, the brain never stops. Because it's not designed to stop. Right. It's designed to look for more threats that are similar to that. Right. And so it keeps it going. Mm-hmm. And that's why it can be so entangling to be in this kind of a relationship because it's emotional and it's very hard to pull yourself out of it. It's really requires a second person. It requires someone like a therapist or uh, someone who you can really, really trust. It's going to be very honest with you to help you untangle all of those crossed wires you probably can't figure it out so much by yourself because you're constantly running that, like a computer virus, you're constantly running that virus that's been instilled in there, the emotional virus, I like to think of it as. And so you do need an external uh, mirror or some type of reflection in order to start to see clearly. Because as mentioned in the beginning, this is 
typically something that has occurred or you've learned in childhood Mm -hmm. and we're taught over a long period of time and now are just repeating what you were taught and have found someone, you know, to play another part in that as well. Yeah, there's a stronger drive to be connected to another human being, even if it's unhealthy, than to be alone. We're just designed that way. And so one another thing that you can do that can be really helpful is to meditate. Because what happens in meditation is you can then create a different pathway in your brain that you could start to trust and you can do that all by yourself with your thinking. Right. Um, but if there's another person involved, you're going to play that same virus unless you find an outside person that is really a healthier person that you can trust. Yeah, it's a lot easier to repeat the pattern than to do something new. Right. It feels familiar and we like familiar. Now, if you are finding yourself in a relationship where you are physically unsafe, I mean, that is really serious and we highly suggest that you find some resources to a shelter or some way to get out of that relationship. It is very difficult when we're talking about the emotional enmeshment Mm -hmm. of a codependent relationship. And if you are listening to this and you are starting to see some of this going on, starting to, because it takes time to actually start to see it, take notice of that, right? Give it credence Mm -hmm. and allow yourself to start to learn more and more about what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Start to trust in what your gut is telling you because that is the way out. You know, the people that I've worked with that I've helped through a situation like this, it always amazes me because they will find journals that are 10, 15 years old and they will read what they wrote themselves that long ago and they wrote their truth and they go and they look and they go, wow, I knew back then. I knew it. I did know. I just didn't trust it. And so journaling is another really good way to have that conversation with a different part of yourself where your truth can come up and out without someone, you know, attacking it and getting you not to believe it. And you'd be surprised at what comes out when you journal. And whatever you do, please do not try to convince or change your partner to be different. Right. That is part of the codependency cycle. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not going to work. No. This kind of change, it starts with yourself. Yeah, that goes back to that concept of power versus force. Did we do a whole podcast on that, power versus force? I don't think we did. Or a Tuesday uh, we did night do a, call. Uh, we did do a module in our home study course called mm. Relationship 101 on yeah. that, which mm-hmm. we highly recommend, you know, any of you out there that are interested in our home study course to go to our website and pick that up. Yeah, when we're talking about the topic of of codependency, we are all codependent to some degree. It's a matter of if it is it healthy or is it not healthy. And if you're questioning that and you you know, you go and you learn about relationship 101 that with the eight modules, it's going to kind of spell out to you where the the dysfunction happens and where the healthy parts are of how we can relate to people. And it really is 
a skill that isn't taught, that could be learned. And when we don't learn it from our families and in our communities growing up, which life changed really fast over the last few generations, it's hard to know those things. And that's what Relationship 101 is for. So we want to thank you so much for joining us today on Couple Synergy on the topic of codependency. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as the Home Study Course Relationship 101, which we mentioned, the Couples Weekend Intensive, our online membership called Connections, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.